because I kept it to myself for so long, it caused me to dive into the lifestyle. So I began to live a life of homosexuality. And so my life took a turn because I was still in church. I was still in church, still singing, you know? So I tell people, it, for me, I, could, I can say I was a good hypocrite, a good one. Um, I, I knew how to church, but I also, I had a love for God, but it was so succumbed by fear and it was overcome by the anxiety of this struggle on the inside. So I would secretly talk to guys. I would secretly date. I was secretly, it's like my whole life became a good secret. Um, my name is DeAndre Cockrell. I am 35 years old. Um, I am I am a native of Columbus, Mississippi. Um, I was born and raised there. Um, grew up in the church. Um, I recently moved here to Manassas, Virginia, um, where I'm a part of Nova Hub under Prophet Jordan, Bryce Conway. Um, I grew up in the church. Grew up in the church, Pentecostal background. Church of God in Christ. And just, you know, as I grew up, my dad is a preacher. He's an elder. My mom is a great, powerful intercessor and also preacher. Um, as I grew up, I started singing at a young age. Um, so I was five when I first began to sing in the church. And by the age of around nine, ten, that's when I began to encounter the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Um, and I began to have a powerful encounter with the Lord. And I grew up with a desire to know God, um, with a desire to want to be more like him. But, of course, my life took a, a shift. Um, Before we get to the, to the shift, what did that look for you when it came to being filled with the Holy Spirit? Oh, man, it was an experience. Oh, it was an experience. The... Seeing the power of God, you know, I grew up in a church where, you know, you had the mothers, the deacons, the elders, the the pastor, the evangelist, the, the real powerful preaching, the powerful singing. And everybody was dancing and running around the church and falling out and seeing, you know, demons get cast out, people get healed from sickness. And so I grew up watching this. And so a lot of times in church, um, when you grow up under something like that, it's easy to attach. Um, and so for me, though, it was such a raw, organic thing. Um, to experience that level of God. Um, you know, I didn't know, even though we were taught that anybody could experience the power of God and be filled with him, I didn't know within myself that it could actually happen for me until I was at home. And the next thing you know, I am sitting there rolling, praying in tongues, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is for real. And so, so you know, the next thing you know, in church, um, praising God, singing, speaking in tongues, shouting, and but being the 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 boy that influenced even other young people, because being on fire for God myself, I didn't really want to be like everybody else. So I was a little 
outsider kind of because I was the one that wanted to learn from the mothers and the older men of the church. Um, and when I would hang around the children, it was a little difficult because they wanted to talk about one thing. I wanted to talk about what happened at church. And so it was different for me um, because it caused me to have to really live a life at an early age to just want to know him. So it was it was weighty, if that's a good word for it. So there was there was a shift in, in, in your life mm -hmm. where you stepped away. Yeah. Could you share with us what that shift was? I can. Um, so I personally was um, molested um, at a young age, at the age of five. I was molested by a very close family member. Um, and so I'll, it, it, at that time, I couldn't tell you that that's what that was. Um, it was it was someone of the opposite sex. Um, it was a woman. Um, she was a young woman at the time. Um, but I couldn't just say, hey, like, this person touched me and it, this shouldn't have happened. Um, I didn't know because I was very playful as a child. And so I enjoyed playing around, making people laugh. It was a major part of my personality. Um, and so when that happened, it just happened. And so after that, I began to feel different thoughts come at an early age that I couldn't interpret well, I just knew they were there. Um, and so by the age of nine, it happened again with a close family member. Um, and it caused me to want to explore things, but this was of the same sex. Um, so from the age of nine to 13, it literally happened over and over and over again until it didn't feel like molestation anymore. It just started feeling like it was supposed to happen. Um, and so after that, I went into this age of um, promiscuity, wanting to you know, be with other guys um, at an early age, just wanting to just see what it was to be with a boy. Even though the church I grew up in and being taught under such a word movement, um, you know, that was one thing, you know, I'm born in the 80s. So, you know, homosexuality was one thing that was beaten to the ground. Like, this is an abomination. You will go to hell, you know, period. And so for me, with those thoughts, I couldn't say it because I felt so condemned by it that I didn't know that, you know, this was supposed to be said. And so out of fear, I kept it to myself. Um, and so from 13 on up to 18, I began to drive my mind into this dark place. So that's when masturbation showed up, pornography showed up, um, and just just exploring these different sexual appetites that I didn't, you know, understand. Um, and so after that, because I kept it to myself for so long, it caused me to dive into the lifestyle. So I began to live a life of homosexuality. And so my life took a turn because I was still in church. I was still in church, still singing, you know? So I tell people, it, for me, I, could, I can say I was a good hypocrite, a good one. Um, I, I knew how to church, but I also, I had a love for God, but it was so succumbed by fear 
and it was overcome by the anxiety of this struggle on the inside. So I would secretly talk to guys. I would secretly date. I was secretly, it's like my whole life became a good secret. Um, but of course, with that lifestyle for some people, it starts to show in your outer extremity. So for me, it started, I started to become more feminine. Um, things started happening where I wanted to try out different things because in my mind I started to develop the mentality that maybe I should have been a woman. And so I, in my mind I was like, maybe this is the road I should take. Maybe I should go and think about becoming a trans. Like I literally was having all of these thoughts and up until like the early 2000s, um, I began to really explore it. Um, dated guys, dated a guy, almost married a guy. Like, and in your church at, at this point, are you, are they approaching you? Are they are they still in the unknown? What's going on with them or with your relationship with them? Some are still in the unknown. Some are approaching, right? Um, some are like Andre, like you're okay. You know, they won't just come out and be like, are you dealing with this? It's just like, are you okay? Is everything good? Um, are you struggling with something? And you know, by that time, I also saw so much gossip in the church that me trusting you with that issue was not gonna happen. <laughs> like, I was not gonna tell you that I'm struggling with this in private, and the next thing you know, Sunday is being preached about. That was not gonna happen. And so, I held it and I held it well um, to me, to my knowledge, until I started to realize that there were people who were watching me, who saw me in church singing, saw me in church prophesying, saw me in church, I would lead worship and would see God actually save people, doing praise and worship. Altar calls of salvation would happen, but I would walk off the platform in tears and they would think that I felt God when what I felt was total anger towards myself. Because the next thing you know, I'm checking to see when my boyfriend was going to pick me up. Um, so it became a real, real life, double life for me. It's easy for, for, for people to judge and for people to kind of have an idea of what you're going through. But mm -hmm. what were you hearing from God at that time? He still loved me. And that baffled me. So I didn't believe it. Um, <laughs> Uh, I still chose you. I'm like, no, that that is not possible. Um, because, and forgive me if I cry, because the reality that you chose me and that you love me, and I felt like I was constantly slapping God in the face because I'm up singing, and I would mean it. Like, I would, I would really mean I love God, but on the inside, this thing that I could not shake, this thing that constantly beat on my mind. And, you know, I'm hearing this is wrong, but I'm feeling this is natural for me. Um, and so, you know, I didn't naturally feel the, the desire for women. I naturally felt the desire for men. So the, the, the balance of that for me was difficult. So to hear God say stuff like, I love you. I still chose you. I'm not angry with you. And I remember one day I was sitting and um, I was sitting in church and the Lord began to deal with me about how much he pursues me. 
And that kind of began to pivot my life. And that was around 2008, where God began to deal with, you know, the 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 extreme of, DeAndre, I love you. I know you were taught that I'm waiting to hit you upside the head every time you do something wrong, but I actually love you. And I want you to know that. And what a lot of people don't understand is that when you deal with the lifestyle of same-sex attraction, it's so many different reasons why people deal with that. And so it's not just one universal reason. Does that make sense? It's like, okay, hey, um, I'm dealing with this. Okay, so you must have been molested. Everyone, that's not everyone's testimony with that. Um, And so even for me, like, if I can be honest, early on in life, um, even at the age of four, like, I felt those things towards a man. Um, I could remember sitting in church and seeing one of the ministers preaching, and my mind began to run as innocent as I was at four, that was already a seed planted because the enemy had devised a plan to do everything he could to cause me to deviate from the plan of God for my life. And so it started early, even before molestation. Molestation just grew the seed. Um, And so to hear God say, I love you, I didn't believe it. Um, But I started to believe once I began to see it, like, and I began to pay attention to his pattern in my life. He was never changing. You know, he was always the same. Um, I could be praying and he still would respond. And I'm like, why are you responding to me? You know, why do I feel your presence? Why do I feel your touch? And he would let me know, I love you. And so that's what began to drive me to a place to really just want to see God bring me to a place of real freedom. So, yeah. There had to be a point, obviously, where you, you had to make a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even as you go into that change, uh, I'm interested in hearing what caused that change. Because if God is affirming you in this life, right, mm-hmm. many will say, well, see, we can, we can live like this and mm. God loves us. The problem is mm. the people that are judging us. That's the problem. Mm. God loves us so we can continue in this life. Mm. So, so what changed? What changed was every time he told me he loved me, I still felt conviction. God in his love and in his infinite love towards us, um, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit draws by conviction. You know, he convinces us through conviction. And so for me, every time he said he loved me on the inside, it was like a fear of him came. Not a fear like, oh, God, I'm afraid of you. But a reverence of why do I keep doing this to him? Why do I keep doing this? He's constantly saying he loves me, but it didn't feel like he was affirming me in the lifestyle. It felt like he was affirming what he created me to be. And so it, I had to make a decision to separate from my flesh <laughs> and allow his spirit to speak um, and allow my spirit to connect. Because the reality is in my flesh, even to this day, I still at times am shocked at how far he's brought me. Um, and I sometimes have to be reminded because we live in a body 
Um, and this is something that a lot of people that deal with this issue and that deal with anything need to understand. When God delivers, you still have temptation. You still have a flesh, right? But you have to know that when you made the decision to walk away from who you thought you were and to be drawn into who he said you are, it was a decision that you wake up every day and make. Like, And so for me, that, that became my everyday conviction. God loves me, so I can't punch him in the face. But I had to allow him to bring me to a place of healing. I had to forgive the molesters. I had to, you know, forgive myself because I blamed myself, you know. And so I had to say, DeAndre, it's not your fault. You know, I had to go talk to somebody. <laughs> and I know some people don't, you know, in the church. I grew up in a church that taught against counselors, you know. <laughs> so, you know, God is your counselor. And the reality is God gave us that. You know, he gave people the intelligence to, to deal with the mind and to help you process things and to help you heal. And so for me, I had to do that. I had to talk to someone and I had to do one of the hardest things that I thought I would ever have to do. And that is I came out to my parents, um, not to the whole world. I didn't care about how people really felt about it. I came out to my parents. I told my parents, this is me. This is where I am. This is what I've dealt with. Um, and the reality for me is that it, you know, even though, you know, like I said, my dad's a preacher, my mom's a preacher also. So it it caused me to, to literally um, feel as if, okay, I had to prepare myself for judgment. I had to prepare myself for being separated from my family because I've seen so many stories that were like that. But when I came out to them, all they did was love me. So all that did was extend what God said, I love you. And so it pushed me into a place of healing. Um, it pushed me into a place of freedom. So that is what even the person that's listening, that's dealing with it, that feels affirmed in the lifestyle, God loves you. And when he looked at you, he saw that it was good. And he created us in his image. But a lot of times the image can get distorted or it can get broken by circumstance and things that happen in life. But it doesn't mean that's who we are. And so our identity is in him. And so coming to find that identity in him is something that I'm ever growing in, honestly. Um, and it's a powerful thing um, to live this life of learning. Because I had to learn how to be a man even. Because my, my, my masculinity became warped. Talk about that. So, well, for one thing, I was taught masculinity is you at least need to, you know, play sports or something. At least one sport every guy needs to play. Um, you know, you need to, you know, love outdoors. That was not me. Still isn't. Um, you know, and so my idea of masculinity was warped by culture and by society, but it also became warped by what happened because now I'm thinking that I'm supposed to be this feminine man. You know, I'm not a woman, but I don't feel like a man either. So I didn't act like one. You know, I had to flip other wrists. I had the high voice, you know, all of that. To look at me now, sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and I be like, wow, God, you really did work, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, it, it is, God has had to literally teach me how to just 
Be a man. And not be a man by what you do. Be a man by who you are. Be a man by who you identify as. You know, you are a man. So there's just certain attributes that come with who you are. And so I had to learn that again. Um, and I also had to learn how to trust men because I didn't. I didn't trust guys. I didn't trust male friendships. I didn't trust anything like that uh, because it was, I had all of this testosterone around me and all of this masculinity around me and I didn't fit any of it. And so it was hard for me to identify. So they would talk about women and I would look crazy and you know, kind of slip away from the conversation. Um, or And so it caused me to drive to be friends with more, more so women than men until actually recently. So God actually brought me to a place recently around guys here at Nova Hub. Um, and even before I came here, um, there were guys who God put around me at the church I was at um, that, that began to pull me in and just help me identify with who I am. What are some other practicals that, that, that you had to go through uh, or things that you had to do in order to um, begin this process of unlearning a lot of the things that mm -hmm. you know you had been taught or that you had learned throughout your childhood? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you, you were at the border of getting married, like you mentioned, so mm -hmm. you, you went very far. Mm -hmm. What were some other things that you had to, to learn in that process of, of, of healing, which I'm sure you're still going through? Yeah. What, um, what were some other things? Um, I had to learn that there was nothing wrong with me. Um, and that is a major, it was a major identity thing for me because I wanted the approval of especially men. Um, I wanted the approval of my father. Um, and I just healed from that over the last 10 years. Um, and it completely was healed over the last three. But um, I really wanted the approval of my father, not realizing that he already approved. You know, not realizing my dad loved me regardless. And that's a lot that the enemy tells people, especially people, especially men that deal with same-sex attractions. It's like, oh man, my dad won't love me anymore. You know, if dad is present, he's not gonna love me anymore. Um, or he's gonna, you know, exile me, he's gonna excommunicate. You know, he's not gonna talk to me anymore. Um, and so I, that was another fear for me. So I had to grow in even trusting my relationship with my father. I didn't trust it. So I wouldn't talk to my dad. I would talk to my mom. And my mom and I are like very close. She's like my best friend. But even now my dad is becoming very close. Um, to my heart uh, because I'm learning that, you know, this, this, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, you know, even to be honest, even to this day, um, when temptation comes, um, I had to learn that I don't identify with the temptation. And, you know, that's a word for anybody who's dealing with different temptations of something that you've been delivered from. That's not your identity. Um, I don't identify with the temptation. I identify with the God who delivered. And so there are days I still have to make the choice to keep running because there are days that frustration comes. And so I had to unlearn the judge of God and not unlearn it, but know the judge, but also learn the father. You know, 
the father was kind of out of my range. <laughs> I was like, Father, <laughs> you're God. You sit on the throne and you judge clean and unclean. And so I had to unlearn that. I had to learn, no, I'm a father. And as a father, yes, I do judge. And, but I judge rightly. I don't even judge the way you think I judge. You know, and so it's, I had to learn that. Um, and another thing I had to do, I honestly, you know, the Bible says when I was a child, I thought as one. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Well, that's even with dealing with life. Like when, when I was in an in, infant state, I thought as that, right? Pooped everywhere. You know, people had to clean up my mess. But when I became a man, when I became more mature, I had to put away those things and make better decisions. I don't go in certain environments. I had to stop. Like, there are certain friends that I, I had that were like, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what I wanna do. And I would feel when they would talk to me, how it would kind of draw me back in. So I had to kind of be like, okay, DeAndre, you need to chill with that. But then now I'm in a place where some of those same friends come back and be like, bro, I just need to hear how you got where you are. And so, but I had to be okay with doing that too. But um, I also had to really practice being DeAndre. So DeAndre had to take himself out. DeAndre had to go to the movies by himself. DeAndre had to learn how to like me because I didn't like me because I thought to me that I was created wasn't good enough. So I had to learn how to like DeAndre and my personality, who I am, how different I am, um, my uniqueness. And so that, that helps with healing too. Now looking back, you know, at your current state right now and at your current age mm -hmm. and, and looking back at what everything that um, God has done in your life, mm -hmm. what is the good that Jesus brought out of all of this process? Yeah. Um, I learned how to love. I learned how to love people. Um, there's a grace to my life. Um, people can trust me. Um, and I've learned how to understand that even with the negative, there's always another side to it. Like, it doesn't have to stay where it is. And so it caused me to learn how to approach life like that, whether it's a job, whether it's, you know, decisions that I have to make. It caused me to approach life, okay, DeAndre, there's always gonna be a positive side. There's always gonna be another side to this. So you have to keep pushing. So it put uh, an, an endurance, a stamina in me to not quit. Um, so a very strong personality came out of that. Um, a lover of people came out of that. Um, an understanding of people in hard places came out of that because I think in church a lot of times we forget that we were there. We forget that, you know, I was that. <laughs> I was broken. I was confused. I was, you know, manipulated. I was depressed. I was suicidal. And so we forget that and we lose mercy. Um, we lose the ability to show it. And so what God has done through that is taught me how to be merciful towards people. Um, and another thing, it, it helped me build relationships better. Um, and also, it helped me learn how to say no. And I know people, that is a major testimony for me because I was a people pleaser through that. 
if people, if people, if I felt like people would be okay with me, I would do whatever they asked. But now I'm in a place where they're like, DeAndre, can you do this? I don't want to. So no. And it's a big thing for me and because I had to learn that I don't like that. So if I don't like it, I'm not going to say I want to go there. I'm not going to say I want to do it. And so it was major for me. There were certain decisions that I made, um, you know, that are in process now um, that I, I don't necessarily regret, but it, it brought pain in certain areas. Um, and so it caused me to even have to look at myself on a whole nother scale and on a whole nother spectrum, um, you know, and so I had to even give God that. So, you know, you know, I got married in 2017 um, and now separated, um, now in the middle of, you know, finalizing, you know, papers and different things like that. Um, and all of those and all of that decision, it created almost a frustration within me, but through life, it caused me to have a bounce back mentality. And so I was like, DeAndre, you're gonna bounce back from this. Cause I almost lost myself even in that because I put my identity for so long in people that even marriage became that for me. You know, marriage became, you know, cause that's what I was told my whole life. I'm supposed to be married and I'm supposed to have children. It's just for me, I never had that, you know, real connection where I was like, I really want that. I just wanted to love people and be who I'm called to be. But what it drove in me was a desire to be something that I didn't necessarily connect to yet, right? And so it caused pain um, to my wife. It caused pain to me. It caused me to look at myself in a horrific you know, sight. And so I almost lost myself again in that moment. And so even now being here, honestly, um, the positive thing is God has put me around people like Nova Hub to build and I can trust it. As if, if it was a few years ago, I wouldn't trust anyone. I would be real quiet and shut down, <laughs> shut off. But I can actually trust the ability to, you know, move on with my life um, and know that I'm good. She's going to be okay. We both are. And I can still live out my purpose because I'm still chosen. I'm still his. But if I would have known that before, I wouldn't be able to see that now. So the positive of that is taking the lemons out of life and learning how to add sugar to it and make lemonade. And so it's a positive nature to me now. Do you believe marriage is is in the pipeline for you? <laughs> I've been told, I've been told um, several times that, hey, you're going to get married again. Um, I personally don't, um, only because I really, really just want to just walk with the Lord. Um, and I don't want to walk in a place that doesn't, at this point, connect with me. Um, neither do I want to take anyone else through the pain of, hey, we're not connecting well, and we try and we go through the counseling and the therapy, and it still doesn't add up. I don't want to go through that again. And so um, just to walk with God and as he is sovereign, as he is graceful, if that's something that he decides to do, then it'll definitely be him, not me. I, it, he'll have to give that that genuine desire and connection for it.
Um, but it's not something that that I would say I would run to. But also I realize now I don't necessarily have to just run to that because of my testimony. Because a lot of people that have the testimony that I have, um, that's the first thing that happens. You know, I'm going to go get married and get a wife. Or, you know, the woman that deals with it, she's going to get married and get a husband. But it, that doesn't mean that that completes your testimony. You know, that doesn't mean that that is, oh, I'm good now. The book is sealed. No, you were sealed in Christ. You were completing him. And that is your identity in him. And so if, if that's something that you want, then that's amazing. Um, I look at marriage as such a jewel, and I look at it very seriously. And so for, for what happened that even happened, it kind of caused me to go through a real strong depression. Um, because of how serious I look at marriage. Um, and I jumped into something that I didn't count the cost for. Um, and I don't want to do that again. So I hope that answers your question. Yes. Okay. Uh, where's your relationship with God now? I'm sure it's, it's shifted over the years. And yeah. uh, how could you describe it now? Very organic. Um, very close. Uh, very close. Um, to the point, this is gonna sound really funny and it's very simple, but even like the outfit I have on now, like he told me to wear it. Like he was like, you look nice in that shirt. Wear that one. Like and growing to that place and God wants to have that life with us to where he affects what you eat, he affects what you drink, he affects what you do. You know, He want, he's that in love with us. And sometimes it's hard, especially for men, to have that level of vulnerability with God but he wants that and you know you don't have to go through what i went through to experience that vulnerability with him he wants that level of vulnerability with us and so i'm able to be vulnerable with him i'm able to be honest with him i'm able to tell him things that i cannot tell people at first and then he leads me to who i can trust to tell um you know i have accountability with him i can trust him um and i'm just i'm madly in love with jesus and that's where it is now for anybody that's listening to you right now that is going through a, a similar um, story, some may have shared it, some may have not yet. Uh, mm -hmm. What can you say to those people who have not shared it um, and are still in the dark? What can you say to them? Um, this isn't your end. This isn't your end. Um, your life doesn't have to end here. Um, this is not you. You know, um, you don't have to settle for this to be your identity. Um, when you were created and when God looked at you, he saw something amazing. And the enemy a lot of times has warped many people's mentalities of causing them to feel like, well, he should love me like this because I feel like he made me like this. When the reality is it was a seed. Everything starts with a seed. Whether it was a seed in the thought or whether it was a seed by being touched. It was a seed. And from that seed, it, it, brought, it brought fruit. Um, but God still loves you, and he still wants the best for you, and he still has a plan for you. So this isn't your end. So I literally pray for encounter with the love of God that completely transformed their lives.